It's ketchup review time with Crazy Pulp Drink. I am your host, Ian Gaio Loco, and here joining me to go over some of the films that we have seen in the past few months, Mr. Nick Nickers Chicken. Howdy, y'all. And Mr. Damon the Gobbler Anderson. Hey, Hi, guys. It's been a while. We have now seen a few things and about time to get our thoughts out on them because, you know, it's been that little while. Uh, other than that, how are you guys doing today? I'm pretty good. I, I got some good sleep last night. I mean, I woke up this morning, so I'm doing pretty good, I think. Yeah, well, that was the bad part of my day. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think that that's usually his joke. <laughs> oh, no, I woke up. Stole your line, sorry. Yeah, gimmick infringement. <laughs> oh, no, you were trying to steal Matt Cardona's with Always Ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you got to watch that. Uh, so, yeah. Lawsuit. Uh, we've finally caught up on some things that we saw in the theaters, maybe some things we've seen on streaming. I know I have seen a couple now on streaming. Unfortunately. Um, but, uh, so I have a list ready that I know that me or at least one or the person has seen, and if you guys have seen something and want to talk about it, we'll talk about that after all that. Uh, so, but to start off on the right path, it's finally something that I got around to seeing that Damon would not shut up. Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the supposed sequel slash requel, whatever you want to call it, after the original. Uh, Damon, you have kind of been nonstop talking about this movie as far as your hatred for it because of your love of the original, and I was like, yeah, I'll get around to it at some point, but I because I know how bad you're saying. And everybody else that I follow has said how terrible it is. I was like, okay, well, will it will it actually reach those you know peaks for me? 
you know, sometimes I don't agree with yeah. everybody. Um, and I looked at the runtime. I was like, an hour and twenty. It's like nothing. And then I started to watch this, and holy fucking shit, <laughs> they completely do not know what Texas Chainsaw Massacre is. Mostly because I feel like they actually were doing something that also a number of films did back in the day. Uh, they tried to rip off this other successful movie. Halloween Kills, uh, the the film that Nick here definitely in, enjoyed and loved, and I say that because like the original Halloween, that was the inspiration to have a ripoff technically with Friday the Thirteenth. So, Halloween Kills, very successful. Netflix saw that and went, you know what? How about we just rip that off now? Uh, and I mean, I guess in a way. The thing I can give Texas Chainsaw a little bit over that, it's it's shorter, <laughs> but the characters are not much brighter. Uh, so, Damon, you've been kind of holding in. You just haven't done it here on the podcast, so I, I, I want you to get out your feelings on this. Uh, Nick, have you yet watched this? I have not, but at some point, maybe like during a rainy day, then I just feel absolutely shitty. I'll watch Texas Chainsaw. You'll, you'll feel like you've not, like, lost your day because, again, how short it yeah. is. You just feel like you'll just saw shit. <laughs> but the floor is yours, David. This is your property. So, as of you all may have known, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite horror movie. And this movie spits in the absolute face of that film. This movie... It's not only bad, but it's offensive. It's offensive in the way that I honestly will give props to Halloween and Halloween Kills. <laughs> because at least they don't make Jamie Lee Curtis look like an uncontrollable, useless piece of trash. <laughs> they Not only do they manage to disgrace the name of the character, they disgraced the lady who died who played her. Because... They make her the most useless character of all time. And that's not even including all the other characters that are in this film. Just Sally herself was awful. She does nothing. It doesn't have the film. They they tried to take the concept of Halloween Kills, where Jamie Lee Curtis is actually a badass and tries to, you know, do something about it. No. She just shows up for like, what, five minutes? If that? Maybe ten? And just gets the absolute shit kicked out of her. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's like, okay, whatever. And, and aside from that, all the other characters are just terrible. All the side it's characters are Yeah, not, they're not just badly written. They are. They're just oh, they're absolutely... <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. A- additional to yeah. 
they are just absolutely insufferable. You can't, I can't stand any of them. Like, you know, usually even in bad movies, like, you know, I've said multiple times, I like bad movies. Yeah. You have <laughs> but, said that several times. Yeah. I, I enjoy bad movies, but like, the characters here, you just, like, you don't even want to root for them. Yeah. Like, none of them, you, like, you want Leatherface to win. And, you know, out of the concept of the, you know, I, I hear a lot of people complain about, oh, well, you know, you kind of should be rooting for the killer. It's like, no, you really shouldn't. Not, no, no, the whole point is, like, this is a killer. Like, you know, you watch the original Halloween. You're rooting for Jamie Lee Curtis. You're like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, I like Leatherface fucking hacking people in half. It's cool. But at the same time, you watch a film like that, and even in the original, you're really on the side of Sally. You really want her to escape these fucking crazy people. Yeah. In this, you're just like, Leatherface, please fucking kill them. All of them. Not even a question asked. Like, you want them dead. Because they are just that fucking terrible. Like, the story... And the story just makes no sense. No. That's the first... The story just has no absolute thing. You know, the only thing I can give this film is some of the kills were pretty cool. Yeah. But even then, it just doesn't make up for the fact that this film is just so bad all the other places. It just can't recover with that look. Like, this is probably right above maybe Weatherface in the worst mm-hmm. of the te- all the Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Because it's just, I was just fucking bored the whole time. The, the plot, the building up to it, before you even meet Leatherface, all the characters, you're like, be fucking a little bit reasonable. Like, I get, you know, especially like the main guy, um, the one that wants to buy the town. Uh... He's hostile as fuck. Oh, oh yeah. I, I was like, I don't know where you're going with that, but... He's yeah, so yes. angry. And, like, you know, I get, like, you know, uh, because it, it was something with, like, the old lady. Like, first he meets the guy who has, like, a Confederate flag or something, wasn't no, it? No, he... It, it was just... It was, like, pointed out that they're in Texas and this guy... Which, by the way, no, they're not. They're, they shot this in Hungary. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> so every person that has lived in Texas that has talked about this, because it's actually taking place nowadays, they're like, there's not one ounce of this that is in Texas now. Um, Even if it is, it's just like, it's, it's, I mean, I get it, but it's a fucking fly. Are you really going to go in and try to, like, fight this guy? Well, but he wasn't the one that had it. It was like, he, he is just like this big trucker guy. Yeah. And he just happens to be, you know, carrying a concealed pistol weapon and... Of course, one of the characters has to make a crack out about it, but she does it loudly, like, you know, oh, I guess this guy has a tiny dick or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, you can't be subtle at all, like, whisper that. You have to make sure the redneck hears yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to crack a joke, but the guy's really nice. Like that. Well, that's the thing, is that he... You then turn the redneck into the more reasonable character. Yeah, he, he's super friendly. He's like he's reasonable with them, and so it's like okay, like you guys are you are you guys are the hostile. You know, you guys are the hostile people. You are the agitators here. Yeah. And then they go into the thing. You know, growing up where I did, there was a lot of really old people, and a lot of really old people they talked a certain way. Yeah, and it's not necessarily they were malicious about it, mm-hmm. but it's just old speak. And, and it's not it's not necessarily right, but at the same time, it's old speak. And that lady fucking he he almost like beats that lady up. Well, so the thing the thing and again this isn't like a giant plot spoiler. Oh, yeah. So I'm not worried about it at all. <laughs> uh, 
the thing that happens with the flag is, of course, they're in Texas, and there just happens to be one building in this town that happens to have a Confederate flag, and that, you know, shoots that guy off. Happens to be a black man, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Understandable. You can get a little well, bit mad about could, that. Yeah, or you could just like go say, hey, man, I'd be appreciative if you were to take that day. No, he. I mean, he's hostile the whole yeah, fucking point. That's the problem. Like, and and the old lady that owns the house that it's on says, this is an orphanage that I used to run. I took in everybody. That flag is only there because. My husband put it there, and I've kept it up ever since he died to just be a memory of him. I'm like, okay, well, let them explain before, and then ask just politely, do you mind taking this down? No, he's fucking hostile the entire and time. And then he's like, this is my building. Like, he, he pulls out, and, and she's and like, they I do a the whole, deed. Yeah, they, they pull a whole, I, where's the deed then? She's like, I don't have to show you that. Technically, no, she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they apparently have like bought like the entire town to use as like an influence thing of bringing in younger people. To... I don't understand the logic here. Why would you it's want to? It's basically these... like well, because they're taking off the idea that a lot of these big people, like like Joe Rogan, is one of them. A lot of those guys moved to Texas mm-hmm. from California, and I think they're kind of going off that concept. And whatever, but it's just it's like you're gonna get a bunch of young like influencers here to live in this fucking shitty ghost town. Yeah. You think they're really gonna want to live here? <laughs> like, uh, like I I don't understand like the concept of them even going there. Like, because it's kind of stupid. But I mean, unless you want the tax breaks. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like okay, like this doesn't make any fucking sense from the get go. But then like in up in this all this shit has went on, and we still have not seen Leatherface. Yeah. Well, and then that's, like, the big thing is, like, they did not think about continuity here. In fact, that's something that a lot of the Texas Chainsaws have yeah. ever since. Ever since 2, which was the perfect one to go off of. Yeah. Um, so this is taking place now in 2022. Yeah. Because, you know, there's smartphones, there's all this thing. Yeah. That technically puts Leatherface at like almost 80 years old. Yeah. He's not supernatural. He is just this gigantic stumbling, muttering almost special probably needs person. He, the whole point of Leatherface is he's he's clearly an adult that needs to be told what to do. He, he's special. He's always been special needs. Like even from the first one, he's clearly not, you know, not everything's running up there. Yeah. Like it's very clear that and it's like, yeah, he is special. So, like, yeah, the idea of, like, someone taking care of him is not unreasonable. But the unreasonable part is, again, like, that guy goes in and he's fucking hostile. So that lady has a some something happened with her. And... Yeah, she, she like, has, like, a heart attack after, like... Because he gets up in her face. Yeah. Well, Leatherface is clearly pissed off. And then we finally kind of get introductions to Leatherface. Which, I mean, that that relationship, I was always, like, trying to figure out, what is that? Yeah, well... Was she just happened to be taking care of him? But the thing is, he doesn't come... He didn't come off to me as, like, that he was, quote-unquote, special. Because he looked like he was doing fine. Yeah. But, um... And the thing is, is that... And just to bring up Sally's character... You, you absolutely hit that on the head because she is only there to remind you of that this is afterwards. She's basically Jamie Lee Curtis, only fucking less useful. I mean, at least Halloween Kills, again, 
put in the reason why she's not doing anything because she got stabbed very badly. Yeah. She's older, so of course she's going to need, you know, proper care. That was one of the few things in that fucking movie that made sense. Yeah, she's in her, what, 70s in it? In yeah. Halloween Kills? Yeah, you get stabbed as a 70-year-old woman, no matter how badass you are, you're probably going to take a minute to heal. Like, and, and in this, she has the opportunity to, you know, end her storyline, and she becomes a gigantic idiot, and then there's even something that happens with her with, I'm like, okay, I was already kind of, like, out of this, like, and then, the, then this happens, and I'm like, okay, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you right there. Absolutely. Absolute just garbage. And Leatherface is... This did not even need to be called Texas Chainsaw. If there was not a chainsaw in this movie, I wouldn't know. I really wouldn't know. I, I, you couldn't tell me that this is... It could be named fucking Fruits in the Valley or something, and I would still be like, yeah, Fruits in the Valley. Because nothing about it screams Texas Chainsaw Massacre besides the fucking chainsaw. That's yeah. it. Everything else, like, you know, at least in, even, like, the one thing I could even give Leatherface is, one, it's, it, it actually plays a little bit in with it. But, like, this just makes no fucking sense. None of it. No, the whole movie is just absolutely a pointless mess. Yeah. And that's my biggest complaint about it is, one, it's a disgrace to the first film. And, two, it just, didn't, one, didn't need to be really made. Yeah. Like, which, you know, I, I can't really fault, you know, the people, they're going to make movies. They're going to. But even aside from that, at least put some effort into it. Like, this feels like this was a needless cash grab. That's it. Nothing yeah. else. If you want to talk about pointless subplots, I feel so bad for the, su- the supposed new main character uh, because she's uh, Isla Fisher and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's daughter, hmm. who was in eighth grade, who was amazing in that. And it was an amazing film. She is utterly pointless in here because she brings in this whole subplot oh, involving God. gun violence and how she was like... <laughs> they tried to throw in a subplot with like a school shooting. But it doesn't really add to it. Oh, the only thing that it adds is then she's like, well, you know what? Now I'm a good guy with a gun. And it's just <laughs> like... yeah. And Leatherface still... And, oh, I don't want to spoil that part, but... And just to me- briefly mention the ridiculous ending. Yeah. After everything d- that d- happened... D- just ripping off the original, but in even a stupider way. <laughs> it could have... He could have totally killed Leatherface. It, they could have killed him off and then been done with it. The movie could have ended. And honestly, I'd probably give it a little more credit. Yeah. But no. Then they have to throw in this ridiculous part of, like, him walking like the Incredible Hulk... Like, just walk in with his chainsaw back to the, the house. And it's just like... Well, it, if if you don't laugh at anything, I would imagine you're going to laugh at what happens at that ending. Because oh. I kind of did, too. It's just, I was like, are you fucking kidding? It's like, so, you're, one, you're going to spoil... You know, you're going to tease for, like, a sequel. Yeah. What are you going to do in the sequel? Nothing. You didn't do anything in this film. I guess Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Unless it comes out <laughs> next God. year. You know, at least maybe if they would get fucking Chop Top in there, it could be cool. But then you're going to try to sully the name of that Chop Top. Yeah, exactly. Bill Mosley's going to fucking just like have alive? a conniption fit. Yeah. Huh? Maybe they should get that, him to put... If they brought him into the film, maybe he'd be okay. <laughs> well, but there's another slight positive I'll give that. I'm... 
kind of happy that the original actress that played Sally was actually dead because she probably would have been brought back for this. <laughs> yeah, like that would just have been. There was a complete um, disgrace. Just, just so we don't have a long, longer rant and conniption about this. Okay, I feel like I know you're gonna grade this, but I'm still gonna have to ask you: What is your letter grade of Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Can I go lower than F? You can F do minus. F minus. You can do F whatever. minus. <laughs> Holy hell! This movie's fucking awful. Um, you know what? I'm not too far off there because I'm gonna also go F. <laughs> oh my god! The, I don't know. Uh, this, if anything, I could maybe say F plus, but I'm gonna just say F because this is such. T- tell you what, I'll I'll go I'll go F, just because there was some good kills. Yeah. That's the only thing that even remotely saves the film on any kind of grading list because other than that, the movie's just fucking awful. I I, I could not stand and, and the big positive, it's not long. Yeah. So it's technically an hour and eighteen if you don't watch the credits. God. Um so so yeah, Nick, uh I mean I can't, have, can't can't wait for <laughs> I have between now and you know, when we go over our best and worst to watch it, so I so it's it's know. it's if anything beats it for my worst of the year, I'm gonna be surprised. Well, to be fair, not to spoil anything, but there's actually something that beat this out for me. So if there's one positive I can now give you, Morbius, you're not the worst of the year for me so far. Now, um, still not actually. Morbius is probably my. It's my number two so far. Number. No, it's probably my number two. Um, but next is actually a film that came out a few months ago and I just hadn't gotten around to it uh, but I decided to finally watch it last night because in honor of the Minions movie coming out and me saying I'm vetoing that and skipping that right now because I'm not hearing either great or negative things I'm hearing in the middle so I decided to actually stay home and actually watch uh, this movie that I've kind of put off for a little bit and we'll kind of get into some other things about this Yeah. 
I've always wanted a tail. I'm a freak. They love you, May. You're a girl. Whoa. You're you. Any strong emotion. Yes. Will release the panda. Abby, hit me. <laughs> oh. Do you know how dangerous this is? You'll get whipped up into a frenzy and panda all over you. That is Disney Pixar's Turning Red. Uh, initially was supposed to actually go to theaters, and then all of a sudden they just decided to pull it and put it onto Disney Plus directly. Um, and there'll be a slight talk about that. Uh, Nick, I believe you have seen it, did you no, say? I have not. No, you have not? I not. plan on right. seeing it. So I'm the only one here. Uh, so, And then this started after it got released getting, of course, controversies about the topic that this is on, because let's just say if you replace the red panda with, uh, I don't know, uh, getting your period, <laughs> it's uh, pretty much that. <laughs> it's called turning red. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because this is about a girl named Mei Mei, who is now thir- is been 13 now, uh, and apparently there's a family... Uh, curse slash protection fantasy element here that make will turn her into a panda if her emotions get too high um and it also takes place i was surprised i didn't know this it takes place actually in toronto and i believe that this takes place year-wise in 2002 so that's weird yeah i never really picked that up until they said it towards the end uh which also brought in another weird controversy thing people were saying about it. Um, but this is about her just really wanting to go see this boy band called Four Town. Um, and, you know, she's a straight-A student. She's, like, you know, basically her mom has always been watching her and, like, kind of guiding her and, you know, pretty much it's, over it's, over protection. That's an Asian parent thing. That's yeah. you know, very common. Like, they you know, are like, you know, you're going to play 14 instruments and, you know, that's kind of the common kind of like, it's like a joke almost at this point, but it's a very common for Asian parents to be very strict. Well, yeah, but they also make it out to be like, this is what I'm doing to honor my family and this is yeah. like the tradition and stuff like that. And she also happens to have three best friends that are actually pretty diverse because then there's I believe there was two white girls that she's friends with and she's married she's friends with a black chick um, who all have very good personalities they're all distinct um, that's spe- Canada for you yeah very diverse in Canada uh, but she doesn't only work she doesn't only go to school and get straight A's she also helps with like their family business that they run which is running a temple to be like you know history about like their family and okay. stuff uh, the father, from what I can tell, mostly is a house dad who stays home and actually cooks. And apparently he's actually known for his food. Like, people are like, oh yeah, I want to get his, I want to have his food and stuff. And there's a great moment for you, Damon, where it shows him actually preparing and it actually looks very good. Nice. But then they throw in a joke that I was like, yep, I, I relate to that because he messes with steam and it hits his glasses. Like, oh. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> um, and there's at one point where uh, I started to feel like maybe he wasn't gonna, he was gonna be like 
the side kind of character that did not really do much. Yeah. Because, again, with the subject matter that this is talking about and kind of being about, he's kind of like that, yep, I'm just going to walk away because I have nothing to offer this. Uh, that's good play to laughs, but he then adds, actually, something very emotional to the film towards the end. Yeah. Um, but there, there's just, like, a whole bunch of hodgepodges here because it has, like, also an Asian monster kind of movie vibe with the panda and other things. And there's so much that if you know what this is about and if you can't tell what it's about by watching it, uh, there's certain sequences and stuff that happens. You're like, huh, well, uh, either that is playing for this joke that I'm thinking or I'm putting my own joke in there. Um, but this is also the first Pixar animated film to be both directed and written by women. So that's very positive because it's all yeah. their input. Um, I guess one thing that could have been a criticism, but the more that I thought about it, I was like, it's kind of less. And it was, uh, could how, how much could I relate to this story? I'm a white dude. How can I relate to this? <laughs> well, you never but, heard it. <laughs> but you know what? It, it actually is very relatable due to the friendship that is there. And it's a very good family message about friendship, family, and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, these guys are just very good friends and stuff. Um, and also another slight thing that I was always kind of like, well... Because now this is, like, in competition with the bad guys for me. As wow. Far as, as far as my favorite animated. And if you're going to push me on uh, animation, story, and uh, especially now, <laughs> with shit that is going on, <laughs> uh, this is actually a pretty relevant and important thing to get out there, so... I actually might lean towards... And this is 2002 it. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I just want to point that out. Yeah. Like, and Canada in 2002, it's just like, yeah, you know, things are, you know, decent enough, like... And we're just like, yeah, we're in war right now. <laughs> well, but the fact that this is also involving women and story yeah. and stuff, I'm like, no. <laughs> this is actually more, way more relevant now. Um... The only thing that I also, though, have against, and it's not even the film, it's Disney. Yeah. Because Pixar was brave to make this movie. Yeah. And the subject matter, and that they didn't cover up most of them. Disney, what the fuck? Grow some fucking balls, because you were gonna release this in theaters, but you took it out and replaced it with something else. And this, I mean, this would have easily, I think even without the controversies. But maybe the controversies actually would have helped because yeah. people actually would have sought it out yeah. more. This would have been gangbusters at the theater. Yeah. This would have made them so much money. And I feel like they probably now learned it after the other decision about what to move instead. Um, so, Turning Red, it's probably my f current favorite animated movie this year. So I'm going to give it an A. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, it is ballsy of Pixar to make, a, of all things, a coming-of-age period film. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, that's that's the biggest thing with that. And, like, you know what? You know, good on them. Like, that's, 
you know, these stories that people freak out about, like, we don't need to talk, and it's like, no, like, talking about sexuality and stuff, like, especially with teenagers, it, it, it helps to understand shit like that. In a movie like this, you know, especially if someone hasn't had good, like, sex education, mm-hmm. you know, because let's not forget, sex education doesn't just cover, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out. <laughs> like, it covers very basic things that, you know, kids need to know, because especially as a you know as a parent like yeah and you, I, it's it would be hard to explain to your kid if you you know i'm not good at explaining things yeah so if i was to ever have a you know if i was ever a single dad and i had a, a little girl how, how am i going to explain that whereas like you can put on this film and explain and be like look like this is it's sort of relevance like you know you could explain it like that you could be like, look you know it's like the idea of the panda Mm-hmm. You know, especially if your kid's about 13, they're not stupid. Like, they're, they're, I mean, they're probably a little stupid, but <laughs> you can maybe easily explain it to them a little more. Yeah. Well, and I mean, but I also understand that if there's, like, some parents that find this just a little bit uncomfortable because they're like, maybe we want to talk about this, but it's also very hard to bring it up. So I'll, I'll give it that kind of pass, but... There's, like, been some reviews out there that I've seen on this that I was just like, what the fuck, dude? Either you're just ignorant or you're actually, a, like, a racist or sexist. This is some of the shit that's been out there on this. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I heard there was controversy about this movie. Um, so, yeah, uh, very high recommendation from me on Red. Uh, I plan to watch it, I just haven't had a chance to. Yeah, I mean, it is there on Disney+. Plus. I just happen to have actually accidentally declined my copy to come in for my Disney club. So I was like, eh, I'm hearing good things. Maybe I'll like this. So, well, yeah. this one, um, the good news is it's on Disney Plus. And two, I just, it, it's more about, I, I actually think the art style kind of looks a lot like um, Gravity Falls, in a way. Yeah, and I've also heard like Steven Universe. Yeah. And also another thing, this is actually kind of a good gateway for some people to get into anime with some of the things they do. Um, so now, but to move on to one that I know that we all three have seen, and it'll be interesting to see how far this goes because I'm kind of now curious about how long we could even talk about this, but uh, it's uh, this movie right here. Oh, God, Christ. Apologize, he'd still be alive. 
24's Men, uh, written and directed by the same guy that did Annihilation and Ex Machina, which were two sci-fi films that I thought were very good and very underappreciated. Um, so, how to kind of go about this, because I could tell after watching this that this is a lot of, like, symbolic storytelling, and it's, like, it's very hard to really pinpoint that down sometimes when you're watching it so I was just like I'm gonna just go with this because it's going weird and it's going crazy and I like it when that happens Um, when Dama and I saw this it was just us and we're guessing a couple in the theater that was it and it got to a point when a sequence at the end and that was apparently too much for them, and they walked out. So there was still like <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes left of the movie, and they're like, nope. Uh, so, but in the shortest way I could say this, this is about a woman that rents a house, I believe it's in Ireland or Scotland. Um, well, maybe because her accent's very heavy on like an Irish or Scottish. Yeah. Um, I just wanted them saying an English countryside. Yeah, but he seems like he's more English. So yeah. I'm assuming maybe she was from probably Scotland. Mm-hmm. And then... It's like on English Rolling Hill or something like yeah. that. Um, and this is after apparently her husband. Uh, we don't quite know, but he dies falling from a building to a sidewalk. Handed uh, at her. They cl- and they clearly established that they were having issues, uh, so she decides to go out here all alone, and then she starts to notice that one guy or one face of every man looks the same almost, although I don't know if she actually ever mentions that. That's just something that, you know, everybody could pick up on. And it's played by the same actor, and I believe he says Lord that. Kinnear. Who And if I'll say this, I think actually the main actors in this that this is about which is her and him I think that they're actually very good in this oh yeah uh, the also Especially him yeah with how many roles and how many parts he has to do it kind of reminded me of a split with how many yeah. he had to be um, but there's especially one character that he has to be where I was just like did they just rip this out of Green Knight because <laughs> I was just like what the and here's the thing this movie now has the most times that it ever made me say, what the fuck? (laughs) I have not said that much in any other movie as far as the visually what it was giving me. And, uh... I mean, I'm more... I had a feeling about how Damon was kind of going about it, but I I had not heard your thoughts on this. Um, I'm very curious to hear what you think because I would say that I was very mixed on it but after I read a few things about like what the film was probably about and apparently the director has corroborated on these saying that this is what he was doing I get it more now after reading them it 
So I feel like if I were to go back, I can kind of pick them up again. So, But the biggest appreciation I can give it, it gave me some things, especially one scene that I had never seen before. <laughs> so I got to give it that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm curious about your thoughts, Nick. Um, it's one of those films that's hard for me to uh, finalize anything mm-hmm. after one watch because I was pretty lost most of the movie. Other than being there being a naked old dude stalking her throughout the movie, um, but I mean a lot of the shots were really cool. I'll give yeah. it that. Uh, the the cool, uh, I guess you would call it a bridge, or like a um, tunnel. Tunnel, yeah, not a bridge, but a tunnel, and um, him being at the other end of it and just you know, it looked like he was going faster than he actually was. You know, yeah. I like I like those moments in movies. Um, I really liked Rory Kinnearn and Jesse Buckley. I thought they were great, the two main characters. And then the, um, the whole me not knowing how the husband died mm-hmm. was kind of cool, you know, because he, he literally was following throughout the whole movie <laughs> in slow motion. Um, Which that opened so many jokes possible. Yeah. I saw you! <laughs> yeah, every time like that would happen, I'd look at him and go... I didn't mean to do that! And then, like, it showed him again. I was like, I tripped! (laughs) And, uh, when they showed him dead... Oh, my God. But then they actually went back to that throughout the movie. But that was a... To be fair, that was a dream she was having. Yeah, and then they incorporated the things you saw, meaning how he was impaled and all that kind of stuff into later things in the movie. Yeah. Which was cool. Mm -hmm. Um... That hand cut sequence? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm cutting hand in half. The character that creeped me out the most, though, that Rory Kinnear played was when he was the, the young boy. Oh, God. With yeah. the mask. Well, I, to me, it was creepier because there, they did, like, de-aging CGI yeah. on him, and I was yeah. just like, that's a little rough. If that's what you look like as a kid, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like, you know what? Put that mask back on. Yeah. Remind me one of the lollipop guild. You know, like, yeah. Was like, oh my god. I thought I was an ugly kid. <laughs> that guy gives me a run for my money. But yes, as you mentioned, the ending <laughs> specifically creeped me the hell out. Uh, I was disgusted. I mean, I didn't leave like some people obviously did in your guys. Oh, I know that's the moment for several people. Like, the first, like, first two happened, and then they were like, I'm out. Like, they just got up, and they were like, uh... Well, I think they were like, okay, well, they're not going to do that a third time, and then they started to, but that that kind of, though, deals with, like, the whole, if you looked at each one of them, there's a reason why there's that many. (laughs) But, uh, if you had more... Um... I did have some people walk out halfway through the movie. Okay. More how, than how, more than one person walked out. How was your theater when you saw it? It was about a fourth full. Yeah, so way more than us. Yeah, yeah we like I said it was just me and him and then the couple behind us. Yeah, but you could tell you could tell like the vibes off of other people and they're like, What in the hell am I watching? And I, I was kinda of the same, but I mean that that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. But like, like you said, the performances were good from the two main people. I just am not quite sure how I feel about it. I haven't gone into anything else and, like, seen other people's views on there, it. But, I mean, some of the stuff... There, there's a lot of religious symbolism. In yeah. There. Like, the uh, part uh, tor- more towards the end when they're facing off with each other. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... 
at that point, I was just trying to get, gain all my thoughts and figure out exactly did, what was going on. I was just also, like, did you go by yourself or did you go by oh, myself? Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if you maybe dragged Russell to it. No. <laughs> I, I would want to know his. We've, yeah, we've done that a couple of times. He still hasn't seen oh it. Oh my God. But I, I almost, if it comes out like on DVD, I'm oh, going to buy it. And I'm going to make him and Travis watch it because they're going to be like. No, no, I told you this, and I've mentioned to it a few times. Who I want to know his reaction to is George. Darren. <laughs> oh, Darren. Yeah, that's probably but, number one for me. Actually, you could, because you could throw that on and be like, yeah, it's just called Men. Like. <laughs> And just it's a thriller. It's That's a thriller. So... And then up until that point, it's like it's not super vulgar. No. Like you know, there's a little cracks and stuff, but it's not really you know there's anything definitely... that he would probably be against. There's definitely some creepy imagery. I mean, you do see a full frontal nude. Yeah, but I, you know, I think <laughs> he can probably ones. get past it. And, you know, all that. And then like that happens, he's gonna be like, "Oh my god!" Like, okay. so nope, you know, I'm out. <laughs> we might have to have a watch party later on with this film. The only. <laughs> Reoccurring thing I've seen from people that I've you know seen kind of talk about it is mm-hmm. they're more afraid to go on a retreat a retreat by themselves after yeah. seeing this movie. They're like, well, you know, I don't. It'll be unfamiliar territory. There could be somebody right outside your window, you know, looking at you and stuff like that. Yeah, but, there's definitely stalker vibes with uh, that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the what like Hostel did. Oh yeah. That yeah. that ruined backpacking for so many yeah. people. So. Uh, Damon, your personal thoughts? So, you know, when I left the film, like like you said, there were, you could definitely tell there was something there um, from what happened. Like, there was clearly some kind of... Like, and I could definitely pick up on a lot of the uh, Catholic imagery that they have. There's a lot of Catholicism in it. Yeah, um, that, that's what I have the toughest with, because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, you could definitely tell there was the whole story, like, with, like, the Forbidden Fruit thing. Like, there was definitely some Adam and Eve things, and it's, yeah. like... You know, after you sent me that article, it made a lot of sense where he talks about, you know, the idea of, like, women being the initial sin. Yeah. And that all plays back into her husband, whereas she wanted to leave him. So that's kind of, like, the idea of the initial sin. And that's causing him to kind of get paid for his sins. Yeah. As him, you know. So... Which we don't know if it's an accident or he did. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that's, that they mean, like... That he, you know, killed himself. Like I'm, I'm assuming. That's See, kind of, I don't know. That's a that's a question that maybe someplace during the film was hidden that they answered and we didn't yeah. really pick up on it. But you know, and that that actually it played back into it the idea of like that whole initial sin thing. Yeah. Whereas you know she ate the fruit, but like it's almost like you know because a lot of the characters mention that like they're very hostile towards her. A lot of them, mm-hmm. um, besides like the main guy, the and groundskeeper. And even, like, the priest, like, the priest kind of blames her. Yeah. I mean, blatantly, he's like, yeah, so why'd you think you made him do it? <laughs> and it's just like, God, I'm sorry? <laughs> yeah, so, like, there's a lot of scenes within that. And that actually, it made me appreciate the film a lot more after reading all that because it is, like, it brings, like, a more darker tone to it. It's like, oh, so, like, this is, like, the idea of, like, now, like, you know, when I first saw, like, the title was called Men, I was like, oh, boy. I was like, I... I think I know what's going to go on here. I was wrong. Yeah. I was way wrong. And, like, the ending is still... I don't necessarily understand the idea of, like, the ending. Like, you know, it's still pretty wacky. Um, Again, after reading that, I do have a sense of what it is, but... Yeah. If you just just watch it, you're going to probably be like... Yeah. So, like, you know, like, the, the references... 
And it, like I can definitely tell, like there is some really deep stuff within this film, and it, it actually made me like again appreciate it a lot more actually. And so I, I mean, I give it pretty high praises. I, I think it's one, it's very artistically done. Very, it's very well done. Mm-hmm. Like not only like the sound, the cinematography, like, and then the story is really cool. Like I, I like the technical side to a point. Because there, I feel like there was a number of times where they're just like, "Yep, here's some scenery, here's some flowers," and I'm just like, "Okay, I think you can kind of cut cut this short." <laughs> Probably. Um, like, like I was like, "Hey, if you like nature, you might like this." <laughs> and that might be also done on purpose to I mean, kind of yeah. point out the isolation about how far she is out there. That the point where like nature can just kind of be a free for all. But I mean, I kind of though felt like it got to a point like in the middle where it was kind of holding a little bit too long it's like okay shot of this yeah. and then now cut away and i'm like we're still there <laughs> well a big thing for me though it's just like where the hell is this place at where like she has to walk like a mile down to the village i mean i think that didn't they say like the pub and the church were the closest things. Yeah, like you have the pub and the church, and like that is like kind of like the little town. Which, which, yeah, the closest places to your house are a place to get alcohol and a church. <laughs> yeah, take your pick. So it's like you know, you walk down that way, but it's like you're pretty isolated. Yeah, you are. Like, and yeah, I I don't know, but yeah, like I think the film was actually really solid. Like, well. Because you've been talking a little bit more overall praise, I want to get your final thought and grade. Final thought and grade. I think it was really good for my final thoughts. And as far as final grade, I'd probably give it a B. Yeah. Um, Just on a technical level and performance level, I very much appreciate the film. And again, it gave me some of the most what-the-fuck moments I have ever had. And I have never seen that shit at the end before, so I gotta give it that praise. I just question how much... I know I'm gonna at least watch it probably one more time, but I don't know how often I would want to go back to this. Yeah, see, that's why I can't probably give it, like, the full thing, because the rewatchability is... It's one of those movies... It's like American History X. Like, you want to watch it, but it's gonna make you super uncomfortable watching it. Well, and... Yeah, that's kind of what it falls in. So, yeah, it's going to be Although, a, that now is way more relevant nowadays. I'm going to rewatch it because I'm going to probably be very sad. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a B-. minus, Just because it'd be, it's also very hard for me to possibly recommend this to several people. We just did. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> that's because I want to see the reaction. Yeah. I don't want to possibly lose someone... <laughs> Uh, Nick, your final quick thoughts and grades? If I'll give it anything else, I'll say it's definitely my weirdest movie of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, uh, it had good performances, good cinematography, but I still was really lost. So I am going to rewatch it at least once and probably might give a better grade towards the end of the year when we do best and worst if that comes to that point. Um, but right now, I'd probably give it a C plus. Okay. Um, up and up next is 
a movie that had a lot of hype going into it because of the previous one, and it had been years and years. This was maybe, maybe, right after each other. Maybe uh, some of us didn't quite understand the hype going into it, but once we saw the trailers and stuff, we were very intrigued, though. And uh, it's this movie right here. 30-plus years of service. Citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion. You won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. What is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. Top Gun Maverick. Um, so, like I mentioned, to be fair, uh, this did have a lot of hype going into it because of the previous thing, which you know was what thirty some years ago. Long belated for a lot. Yeah, of uh, it was the highest, gro- and I believe it was one of, if not the highest grossing movie that it did come out, and that is the original Top Gun. Uh, and so some loved this movie it, you know had that standard and stuff I always watched the fewish times that I watched it I was just like I don't understand the appeal I mean they're kind of likable characters and stuff but I was just like what happens here <laughs> other than volleyball <laughs> there's a lot of volleyball <laughs> um And, I mean, I was just like, okay, so we have a sequel coming out 30 years later. What could you throw onto this, and you know, to expand it? And uh, I was really blown away by this, because I was very surprised and interested right after the trailer. Those aerial shots, I was like, I know those are real, because I read on this. And uh, then I saw the cast that was also involved, and I was like, you know what? Tom Cruise has been on a streak now with The Mission Impossibles, and apparently this was his production team that has been doing those movies. And I'm like, maybe this will be a surprise. And boy, it was, because I feel like this does what sequels should do. Take what was established and expand and grow the characters. Because, I mean... Maverick did have something from the original and things, but 
they really, I felt like, elevated his actual character here. Because um, then we get uh, Miles Teller, who plays quote-unquote Rooster. <laughs> I don't know why he's my favorite character. I'm nothing biased whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> but uh, his connection being uh, Goose's son uh, from the previous, that led to a lot of good tension and things between them. And it wasn't, like, cartoony. It actually was pretty human. Very emotional, yeah. yeah. Um, and one one character that I noticed, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not from the original, and it was uh, the Jennifer Connelly. Penny. Yeah. You could, and then I actually found out that that actual original actress uh, <laughs> probably didn't want to come back for this because she's been out of the business for years, and she's also come out as a proud lesbian, so probably portraying somebody into Tom Cruise is what she didn't want to do. But I thought Jennifer Connelly did a really oh, good job. Great. I thought her and Tom Cruise had good chemistry. Um, but the biggest surprise, Val Kilmer is involved yep. in this. I love that they put him in the movie. Oh, God, dude. Yeah. That got me real good there. Uh, and he and he's just text messages mostly in the beginning. I was like, if they pull something where they actually bring him in, I might lose it here because <laughs> I know how his life has been. And the fact that they kind of incorporated his actual life into the story about his character, I thought was very good and well done. Um, but then another positive as far as there are actual stakes here. Like they're talking about like forming a team to go bomb something that is definitely a, what was it, like a uranium field or something? Yeah, it was a huge threat. Yeah, and... They were like, well, there's only one pilot that could train people to go about this, and that's Maverick. Because as he says in the trailer, he has, like, never progressed in his standard and, you know, his ranking and stuff because he never wanted to. Keep in mind, he's been out of the loop for a while. Yeah. And they brought him back. And then they were, he said there was a personal recommendation from Val Kimber's character. Yeah. And, uh, but before that, he was, like, part of, like, I guess, testing stuff because he was, like, testing, like, some fighter jet in the very beginning which was like you know almost going to space and shit yeah can we take it a moment to appreciate that this story is basically light year story (laughs) (laughs) well we might get into that later uh but i i just and the fact that they used real jets i know that tom cruise did not really fly (laughs) but they filmed it so well that in whatever you know, device and cockpit they were using for him. It felt so real. And mostly because he is just fucking crazy in general, so I could believe he's fucking in a jet. Um, but there, there's a lot of great humor. There's some very good jokes and very good chemistry with everybody building up the squad and team. Um, and I did like how there was friction between two characters. Uh, and I forget. It was a rooster and hangman. Yeah, like hangman's they were, like they were always like the badass, you know, the the guy that thinks he can do no wrong. Yeah, and he he'll leave you high and dry to complete yeah. the mission. I like that they established that was a rivalry, but then when it came down to like the shit is going down. Yeah, they actually went about it in an adult way, <laughs> and I was like, thank you, thank you for not turning into a cartoon. He had the most 
surprising moment in the movie, arguably. I, I, I one thing I really like like is their helmets. Yeah. Like he's the hangman, They're so like different. it's like letters like H A N, and it was like missing the G M N. Like I was like, that's kind of cool that they, you know, and they do that's a real thing. Yeah, you know, they cut, and they, so like that, that's actually pretty cool. And then their um, like rooster had obviously had like a rooster on the side. Like there, there's some cool stuff in that. Like mm-hmm. and but yeah, no. As far as like movie, I you, you know it's really rare when like they take like a movie from like the eighties that was like a big hit that like you know like you said the story is just kind of there it's like whatever but then you take it and you add so much to it like they really they did they added one like emotional sequences like you know and not to say the first one didn't have you know an emotional sequence with like goose and stuff but like yeah i mean that was the the yeah it's not nowhere like this where it's like yeah there's actual human tension in this because rooster is upset with Tom Cruise, you know, he's upset with Maverick about, you know, Maverick was like an uncle figure to him, and, Tom, you know, Maverick was trying to protect him his yeah. whole life. Well, that's something that they established that he uh, held him back, basically. Yeah. He didn't recommend him and stuff, and even you, though he you knew, find out why he did that. Yeah, and so, like, it, it all played in together, and then, like, yeah, like, between the whole team, there was very much friction, because you have... Um, uh, what was that, Doug or something? I mean... It was like his name, though. <laughs> and it was like... So, some of the... I, I'm sorry to say, but some of the characters, I don't really recall their names. Um, it's been a little while. But, I like, him and that girl team mm. were really good. I, I liked them a lot. Um, but basically, the people who did the missions... Yeah. The, the main mission at the end. Like, I really liked was those Bob. teams. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was kind of funny, like... Uh, you know, you're like, yeah. What's your code name, Bob? <laughs> He's like, no, really. What is it, Bob? Bob. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you know, like, I, I, I dug that. And then, like, yeah, they even threw like a nod to the volleyball thing, yeah. with, like the football game. <clears throat> and so th- there was a lot, you know, in there. And it, it's well acted. Miles Teller just fucking steals yeah. the show. He is so good. Like, he's easily becoming one of my favorite actors because I mean, he is just. Killing he, it. He is one of my personal favorite younger-ish actors. I just hate when he's in shit. <laughs> yeah? Like, but even then... Stick. Yeah, I forgot he was in shit. <laughs> that's, that's what gets me with I him. I haven't watched that movie, That's though. what gets me with him. But was that he, was, that, he, that, like, that was a big Reed Richards? for him. Yeah, he was Reed. Oh, God. But that's the thing, is that I was like, I think he could be a good Reed. Yeah. And then that fucking script. <laughs> well, you know what, though... It's he is easily though becoming you know so he's really good especially yeah. this movie that's one he bulked up like he was a big dude in this like yeah, he did so I mean I, I also like how he was able to get like the mustache of his dad and stuff he like the thing is it's kind of scary how much he looks like Goose's character yeah I was like wow okay but yeah no overall like I think it was it's really well done um, easily one of my favorites of the year. Um, if I had a couple of small criticisms and negatives, I was like, wow, I know that this is Tom Cruise's whole thing, but he just seems indestructible. <laughs> I was like, wow, he, he survived that without a scratch? That's a Tom Cruise trait. But. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I kind of let that kind of go-ish with the Mission Impossibles, because I was like, yeah, I know. Although, I don't know how these next two are supposed to be. Um... But, I mean, yeah, as far as, like, this to me is what a quote-unquote legacy sequel should do. Yeah. And just 
from a technical side, it's very well shot. Honestly, I, just any sequels. The whole idea of like having a sequel is you should really try to improve upon like like the Toy Story is a great example. First Toy Story, yeah, great story and everything, but it looked like dog shit. <laughs> it was the animation was pretty bad. But you go to Toy Story two, the animation is awesome. Like that's one thing they fixed. So like yeah, you're supposed to improve upon said source. And when you have such a long gap, when you have a movie from the fucking eighties that was kind of just like a popcorny you know action flick. And then bring it in to make a movie that's like actually a solid movie. Yeah. It, it's, you know, that, that's what you should do. That, that is, I mean, that should be the goal of all sequels. And I would be more open to more sequels if they were this high quality. Yeah. Like, but, done with appreciation. That's my biggest thing. Appreciate the source material. And this is not on the film itself, this is just on the theater. <laughs> Clearly, we, in the auditorium we were in, the projector shot it too big. Or the screen was too small because it was clearly getting cut off yeah. at certain points. I think the projector shot it too small. Yeah, because I was like, I was seeing Tom Cruise's head like this. Well, it looked like it, it was originally full screen and then it went to widescreen. Yeah, maybe. That's what it looked like. I mean, though, this was shot for IMAX, so... Well, that's a I kind of would want to see this in IMAX, though. Yeah, well, some movies you don't, like, you're like, okay, well, like, you know, because IMAXs are expensive. So it's yeah. like, do I really want to go into this seeing the IMAX? And, you know, if that came around again, I probably would actually want to watch it in IMAX because now that I know what I'm getting into, like, some movies you look at it, you're like, clearly that's probably an IMAX movie. Mm-hmm. But this one, I was like, I'll watch it regular. But, like, yeah, I mean, honestly, this would be a fun film to watch in IMAX. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, this has potential. But just because we're still halfway through the year, technically, this is in my top 10 of the year so far. So I would probably give Top Gun Maverick an A-. Um, I'll go into it a little bit. Um, I loved, in a lot of movies it's hard for them to do this, I love the old guy, young guy mm-hmm. kind of thing. And a lot of movies do that really bad, but this did it really okay. well. And as far as the first movie goes, I wasn't a fan of it other than the aerial stuff. The stuff that was on the ground was very forgettable and... Um, I don't know. I didn't expect this movie sequel to be so good. Um, yeah. It blew me away. Um, finding out that he uh, actually did pilot that plane at the end when him and Jennifer Connelly were in the air, and yeah. she was terrified uh, the whole time. She, said that, that, she said that in the interview. <laughs> and then um, in the I love the new characters, the introductions to them. It was great. Um, Jennifer Connelly was amazing. Mm-hmm. I love seeing Val Kilmer. That. Brought a tear to my eye, especially when I knew it was his decision. But what I've heard from many people was his decision to actually talk in the movie. Yeah, see, I was was really cool. I didn't think that they were going to actually have him speak because he was writing stuff down at the beginning. Yeah, and so I really thought that they were going to just have him pass letters because it's so hard for him to speak. But the fact that he came in and spoke like that just added just so much more to the film that I was like, oh, (laughs) that's that really is painful. Yeah. yeah, this film had everything. I, I love the music. Um, the sound quality in the movie was fantastic. This has um, this will probably have some of the best Atmos on 4K. Yeah, and it's something I mean, that's hard to do when you're a lot of the movies inside of the jet. But I think overall I love this movie because I think actually in the back of my mind it was about uh, Tom Cruise, you know, facing the ghosts of his past. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. I can see um, that. And then his biggest fears in life. So, I don't know. I was... Ah, that's Scientology. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I absolutely love this movie. It's in my top three of the year so far, and I'm giving it an A. Um, I was I would probably give it um, overall probably probably an A. Yeah, I I think that's solid. And honestly, I wouldn't even mind seeing a sequel with some of the characters from like you know if they decide to do something with Tom, <laughs> with Tom Cruise retiring <laughs> and kind of passing the torch over and you know I I would even be okay with that because the mile teller. If it's yeah, if it's movie. done well, like the characters, the, the thing is, none of the characters, even of the secret, yeah, you may not remember all of them, but none of them were like bad characters, like to the point it wasn't like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like I hate all these people. Like overall, all the characters I enjoyed. You could do a dynamic between him and uh, Hangman. That could be a like a rivalry movie, and that could be really fun. So I, I just don't know what they would do. That's the problem is what would be, you know, well, the premise well, of it. Well, to me, as far as, like, when you're going from the last one to this one, I was like, well, to be fair, you did the first one and there was really not nothing there. Yeah. You probably have an easier time of making something out of nothing. Yeah. This had something, so it's like, you have to now match that. Yeah, so... I'm actually a little bit against having another sequel. <laughs> I wanted to end here. Yeah, I mean, I would not be against but ending here. But this either. did just cross a billion dollars, <laughs> so not surprised. It's Tom Cruise's highest-grossing movie of all time. Yeah, well, because you're not just getting Tom Cruise fans; you're getting Top Gun fans. Yeah, and just Jet fans. Yeah, yeah. Navy fans, and also, I believe they spent five thousand dollars a day to film on the naval base. Yeah. Damn. So they, they're like, we need to get our money back. Yeah. They, they, they put it all that in adds up movie. $5,000. adds up real fast yeah, when you pay them per day. How long they were there. So, yeah. I mean, I think they're okay, though. Yeah. Um, so now going based off of that, we then got to another highly, uh, I want to say, anticipated sequel that was... Oh, God. You could almost say... 65 million years in the making. That's what I think about it. You alright? No, I know what I had a but... baby, that's impossible. Hey, girl. Jesus. You look just like your mother.
Jurassic World Dominion. Um, so, to briefly say, because we're actually going to have like a whole actual dive into the Jurassic Park franchise, basically as a whole. Uh, so, Jurassic World. Uh, so before this, I actually watched all the movies. I watched them all going into this one. I'm bowing to you. <laughs> um, watching Jurassic World again, I was like, you know, why did I actually say this was just okay? Because I watched it again, I was like, you know, this is actually not too good. Uh, the characters actually did not have much to them. Uh, there was just this was just basically just doing the first one over oh, yeah, again. It's a total rehash. Um, and it failed on even matching that. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It was on my worst of the year list the year it came out. I believe it was like either three or two. It, I just despised it. So going into this one, I at least had a little bit of thing of, well, you spent the last two movies basically building up to the actual idea here, which is Jurassic World. The dinosaurs are amok. Humanity has to now deal with this and things, and how are we going to go about this? And I said this to you on our vlog in Louisville. I was like, they're going to either go about this and have this end in a smart way or a dumb way. And I was just like, I don't have the best hopes but I'm like, I'm just going to try to hope that they go the right way. And this became the worst Jurassic Park movie, in my opinion. <laughs> because they set up, and this is to be clear, they set up that this is like, you know, like I said, humanity dealing with the dinosaurs muck. How are we going to go about this? We find out that this is four years later, and we've kind of been fine. <laughs> and basically the whole thought of it going outside of like the park, no, it goes back to taking place in one facility again, where there's dinosaurs being monitored there. And it's not really even about dinosaurs, it's about locusts. Locusts. Well, that's the... <laughs> Major, major. Yeah, that's the major threat in this is locusts because they're engineered to destroy the food population unless you get like this certain brand. Which, by the way, the main villain in this is like reaching in to the bag of Jurassic Park characters that you may know. So, question to you, Damon. Because you're the one out of here who has not seen it. Um, you remember the first one? Yeah. Uh, when there's a guy that's meeting, uh, his name is uh, Wayne Knight. Yeah. Uh, with the canister, he's telling him about yeah. like to get the embryos and stuff. Newman. He's like, Dotson, Dotson, we have Dotson here. That's the villain. In what way, when you saw, when you watched Jurassic Park? Do you think that he's like the head of something? I thought he was a lackey. 
Yeah. No, he is like the major runner of this corporation, I believe. The whole Bison? Thing. Bison? 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 Maybe. How about BioLab? <laughs> that shows you how much I remember about it. Apparently is actually like a part of like the actual book. And it has never been referenced in this entire franchise, and now they make it a big deal. Um, they, of course, then also show in the trailer that they bring back the old cast and stuff. And I was just like, Which yeah. before the Locusts. Yeah. Um, their entire subplot doesn't even involve dinosaurs. It involves the locusts. Oh, my God. <laughs> the only reason they brought because, them back. Because, uh, you know, going into this, I was like, yes, I know Laura Dern's character and Sam Neill's character. They are paleontologists. They know dinosaurs. They immediately say to Laura Dern that she's actually an expert on, like, also insects from a prehistoric time. And I'm like, since when? When? <laughs> um... And uh, this is, I don't want to say too much just because they are at least the most likable people in this movie. They're just not used well. <laughs> um, Sam Neill's accent was really fighting him in this. It's like, at least Steven Spielberg and him talked about, eh, go halfway with your uh, New Zealand and English accent. And it worked. This, it's like, it's trying to fight out of him, and it just comes off awkward and shit. Um, but it did not do the thing that I said that if this happens, and you know what, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this little tidbit out there. Ian Malcolm does not die. Because I, he was my number one thing I, was, I would bet on that I would think was yeah. going to die, because he's been right the entire fucking franchise. The whole time he's been like, why the fuck do you guys keep doing this shit? And yeah, and just like in the trailer, he points out how stupid some people are, especially Chris Pratt's character. Yeah, Chris Pratt's not that good of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, when I revisited these, I was like, he's not a different character. He's just Star Lord dressed as Indiana Jones. <laughs> Which, if I remember right, there actually was talks about when he made the first Jurassic World that this was kind of like a tryout for him to be the next Indiana Jones. I'm glad it failed. Well, the movies, no. <laughs> they saw the performance probably went, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, because these these have become the new Jurassic. The, not, these have become the new Transformers. They are just cash money makers. And in fact, when we went to go see it, Travis said, hey, it could be worse. You could be seeing a Transformers movie. I'm like, I fucking am. <laughs> um, and because it just brings out all these promises in the beginning and just delivers nothing and gives us this this is my worst Jurassic Park slash world movie and it is currently my worst of the year wow. because it is also almost two and a half fucking hours long at least Texas Chainsaw I can watch that and be done there's another hour in Jurassic World so that is my biggest gripe with it. <laughs> and uh, involving that villain, they, they do something to me about that villain that I was just like... Easily that, probably one of the dumbest villains that they've came up with. He, he's one of the Those. dumbest, but he's also kind of insulting for his, certain groups. His tics are really weird. There's one yeah. certain part in the movie where he's like, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? I think that they were like hinting at that he was like on the spectrum or autistic. Which is my biggest issue with it. I don't know. I, 
Which, again, if you go back to Dotson, who he is, did you get that from him? No. But, Nick, Nick, give your few cents here. (laughs) Um, Well, going into it, based on the last movie, I didn't have that high of expectations at all. And, dear God, sir. (laughs) um, Damon's crapping himself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's perfect timing. I mean, yeah, uh, he's not even seen it. <laughs> yeah, I I knew that they were going to bring back the, the three main characters for a certain reason. I just didn't think it was going to be for giant ass locusts. It's 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 to a point where like this is a movie trope. Like it's like we're going to yeah. go back and take like you know we literally have talked about two films that have done the exact same shit already, <laughs> and this is just just doing the same thing. Yeah, I was just excited to see them back. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay. That It has a tad bit of potential. And then, you know, I, I you still... watched it. <laughs> and then I watched it, and I still don't like any of the other characters. No. I have never yeah, liked any of them. None of the characters. Um, the main villain, I wanted to punch him in the face every scene I saw him in. Not because he was a good villain. And then <laughs> I was really happy about what happened to him. I'll give, I'll well, give, I'll give it that. But that's again a ripoff of the original. Yes, but I'll give it that. I, they, you know, they, they, it served them justice. I think. Um. Oh God, I mean, I really don't have. It just was a there, movie. There's I mean, only there's only one thing I've not mentioned yet, and that was, going into it, I made a prediction about the little girl character, mm. and I was like, she is easily the fucking villain here. She yeah. let the monsters run amok. Yeah. You notice I didn't say dinosaurs, but it's technically the monsters. Genetically. Yeah. Um, And it becomes a whole thing about her where it's like, you're supposed to feel bad for her because they're like, no, we need to keep you locked in here because there are people hunting for you because, you know, you fucking caused this. But they. And if you keep yelling like that, we're going to put you out there and let let them have you. Well, but the thing is, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard's characters never talk to her, like, because she's technically 14 in the movie. So, yes, she's developing the angst that all teenagers do, but at that also point, she's old enough to be sat down and told, listen here, you are the reason for this shit. If you don't want to be a science experiment, listen to us. Because we know what's best for you. But what happens? And then they also do something with her character to, like, retcon with what happened in the previous film about her that I was just like, you took something that was already stupid. But at least when I rewatched Jurassic Park, I kind of understand that now. Because then there's talks about clones in Jurassic Park. This was just... So stupid. And the fact that the franchise started with such a smart film got to what I was saying. It was going to Flintstones. It became Flintstones. I never would have thought that. Flintstones made the Flintstones. And then I felt like a lot of the reason I brought Sam Neill back was to establish that he knew nothing about the new genetically enhanced dinosaurs. Yeah. And he, he's, he, he, he knows all everything people. about all that stuff. And then he was like, oh man, what is that? You know, I'm unfamiliar with that. And I hated, hated that. I mean, among other things. <laughs> this movie, movie sounds offensive. But, um, uh, God. The only bright spot in this is Jeff Goldblum. But, Certain but, parts that he went, 
he did a lot too much some of the time. You know, he tried a little too hard. But some of them did get laughs. But, I mean, that, that's still... But then, I but then there say was he, even questions about involving his character. Like, so wait, he's this, but how does he have access to it? But he's at least stating the obvious in the entire thing. Like, how everybody's an idiot, but there's just not enough of him, too. He had the most suspenseful scene and to where I thought he was actually going to perish. Oh, I, I, was, I was already getting ready to get up. I knew when they all got up there and he was the only one down there. I'm like, oh, and he's, he's going to be the one to distract him. I'm like, oh, well. Well, yeah, because it's a callback. He's, he's a dead man. Oh, fuck but, this shit. I'm out. Just, <laughs> but yeah, it was just this franchise has been just a steep decline since yeah. 1993, yep. which was arguably one of the 50 greatest films of all time. Oh, easy. Yeah. And that's all I got to really say about it. This uh, we'll have to discuss it for the next like, round. <laughs> like, technically... Because I liked Jeff Goldblum, I'm technically going to give this a grade of a D-. However, just because you have a higher grade doesn't mean you're worse than the other person. So this is my worst of the year so far, but it's still going to be a D-. I mean, I I put this in Fallen Kingdom yeah, it's, hand in hand for me. It's, it's a toss-up for me because I hate both of them. And it's there's just certain things that I would have to I'd have to watch them both again, which is I'm probably never ever gonna do. Um, this one sets up too many promises. I, that's why you know I, what, I think I can explain that view. Okay, right. I think I can explain what you just said, because the reason why I hated Texas Chainsaw Massacre so much was because I loved the first one so much, mm-hmm. and it's like an insult. So even though you gave it a less score, it's just the first one is so important to you. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. This movie feels like it almost shits on it. I didn't get to Texas until I was much older. Yeah, so, so see, like, you don't have the same connection. So it's kind of like that. Yeah, even though you gave it, like, a score a little bit higher, it's still more of the insulting that they did this to something that you cared so much about. Yeah. So Like, if they were running towards, like, a... You know what? Here's a raptor thing that happens in it. It's like you're running towards a pole. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw hit head first. Uh... Jurassic World Dominion hit torso. <laughs> you still hit the pole, but <laughs> it was running duck under that pole, and then didn't realize there was a tree in front of him. <laughs> but there was a kaiju battle at the end. Cause of course there is. <laughs> oh Jesus! There had to be. There always has to be. I have, um, to, I have to watch this fucking film now. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think I'm gonna have to agree. I'm gonna give it a D minus. It's probably my third worst film right now of the okay. year. Because I, I don't think either of you have seen my first. What's your first? Firestarter. Yeah. Which, uh, um, so, uh, after getting a giant sit- shit sandwich, we then had to get ready for another film that, you know, was coming out that we were like, eh, it could be entertaining, but, you know, it's also connected to a very beloved franchise. Oh, no. Captain. What? 
That is Lightyear from, from I believe, also. Is it Pixar? I think so. Yeah. Because I just knew it was Disney. Um, and those always get a little bit confusing sometimes. Uh, and this, this is what is said in the movie. This is apparently the movie that Andy watched that got him into Lightyear. And I was like, you know what? Decent concept to connect it to the Toy Story stuff. I figured they were going to do something like that. I actually would have liked it better, though, if at the end they would have uh, just, like, zoomed out and showed, like, Andy and his mom sitting in the theater. I think that would have been cool. I like. I always like that kind of stuff where they, like, reference that. Although, I'm trying to remember, does this saying say that he saw it in the theater or if he saw it at home? It didn't say. It just said this is the movie that Andy watched that got um, into, like, Buzz Lightyear. But this is also, though, the thing where it was, like, they decided to take out Turning Red and put it onto streaming oh, and put Lightyear, that was initially supposed to be on streaming, and put it in the theater. Um, so I will at least give it this praise right now. The first half is actually pretty good. The, I think the animation is very good. I think the voice, yeah, a- the, the voice acting is pretty solid. Uh, Chris Evans, he he does I think a decent job at kind of ish sounding like Tim Allen, um, and there's actually like some strong emotional moments involved in it. I was just like, wow, you're hitting these beats already. Yeah, but there was a couple of things that, especially in the beginning, that I'm like, this is set in the '90s. Yep. What? Because that was, like, the other thing I was thinking of. I was like, okay, so wait. This is Andy seeing this as a kid in the, you know, mid-90s. There's definitely certain topics here that would not have been in this movie that well, you saw. Well, it's pretty open known that there is a lesbian couple. Yeah. Like, that was, that's was that been kind of out every... If you've seen anything about the movie, mm-hmm. you've probably yeah, seen... Yeah, it's all it talks about. The 90s, I mean, yeah, there they were gay couples and lesbian couples and stuff, but, like... It wouldn't be in a movie, especially a kid's movie. just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Well, and even when they were in the 90s, they were <clears throat> never written well. They were made to look stereotypical or... Or that was, that was just their character. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, who's your character? You're the gay one. <laughs> yeah, so, like, oh. and they make it known. They're like, hello, everybody, and, like, yeah. you know, or some shit. Like, every time, that's how it was. Just, I mean, I, you know, as someone who grew up watching fucking movies from the 90s, yeah. It was even worse in the 80s. Yeah. Was. But, like, the 90s didn't do much better because then it just it tried to make them less offensive, just turned them into stereotypes. And that is one praise I will give this. It actually does not do anything like that. Yeah. It's just hard to realize that this is what would be happening in this movie that he has seen. But if I try to take that away, I still really like the setup and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, aside from that, like, yeah, I think it's a beautiful setup for the film, yeah. And then there's a then there's a moment where he goes far into the future, and we then get introduced to new characters. That's where the film starts to fall, in my opinion. <laughs> Mostly because the new characters have just one trait about each one of them. And... Zerg is involved in this. Oh my god! Oh, don't, even, don't even get me. And but hey, he's not in it that much. And I'll at least give it this: they try to risk with him, but that that does not pay off. No, most flat most, on its face. Mostly because it did not have the time 
it was like they introduced that with like 10 minutes left in the movie probably yeah and it's just like this is like a major thing that probably should have happened like halfway through yeah to like try to develop this and give it more of a reason to happen but because they didn't have the time they're like well uh this happens and end yeah uh so I yeah. think the only side character that I really liked was probably Taika Waititi's character. He was he was funny. Uh, he was getting on my nerves. See, I think he was one of the worst. Yeah. I, no. I, mean, <laughs> I, I like I like the the granddaughter too. I think she was you know had a lot I like of attention. I like the mom. Yeah. The, the original yeah, partner. Yeah. Yeah. That's was, the only side character I liked. Um, but the the old lady, I just I I thought you the, mean the, I thought the two though best characters were that they probably should have just made a movie about them. It would have been Buzz. And socks. Oh yeah, that would have been, that would have been fun. Socks was a cool. So- that's another socks side character the best. I liked. Um, but like the like the for example the old lady like it's almost like a joke. We always joke with Travis like, hey, you got warrants. That was her character. Yeah, was, the convict. I got warrants. Like and literally every time that she's like, here's a gun. She's like, are you sure? Like I have warrants. And she's like, haha, you know, okay. And then like they just keep hammering it in that she's a felon. Like yeah. just like. No, we get it. Like you just, you only had to reference it once, and then yeah, Tycho, the robot character was literally pointless. They literally had no reason to be there, at, for literally a joke at the end. Yeah, and other than his name too. And I, th- and I yeah. think, and I feel like that also was voiced by Chris Evans because it sounded a lot like him. Yeah. Um, but I thought that Socks stole the movie. And yeah. Funny trivia: that's also the same voice actor that voiced the little kid in Up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do like the beep boop beep boop boop and it was just like uh 20% chance of dying sir <laughs> and the, the, like uh, like he was a cute character yeah um but yeah just to the fact that they decided to put this in there because they thought it was like a safe bet over red turning red is just like a what and it's proved because it's fucking bombing at the box office now um so yeah just to kind of make this short because again Movie is actually kind of short too. Um, started going up. I was like, I was feeling kind of like B-ish range and stuff like that. Then it falls and falls. It doesn't fall as far as Jurassic and uh, Texas, but I'm gonna say like probably a C because I think it was competently made, but they just had a couple of decisions in here that I was just like. Why? Oh yeah, reference, reference, reference. So, an average movie, in my opinion. I think, like I said, visually it was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. And you know, Pixar, they always do their their thing with that. Um, first half of the movie, I was actually really engaged. You know, I was laughing. I was liking the chemistry between Buzz and his original partner. Mm-hmm. And um, I still couldn't get over. It not being Tim Allen. I saw that initially and I was like, he'd been that character for 26 years. I already know that I'm not going to like Chris Evans as much. Um, But outside of that, the second half of the movie I thought was absolutely atrocious. I thought a lot of the decisions they made, specifically with Zerg, was really bad. I was, when when they unveiled him, I was like, what? And then the, the whole pen thing with Taika Waititi's character was really annoying. Um, to me, not as annoying as Free Guy. But that's me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd say this is a little more. But anyways, 
Socks was, you know, a nice comedy relief a lot of the time. They're going to sell toys of that. Yeah. And especially the <laughs> Pete Move Beef. And he might even be a, uh, a good uh, voice for your navigation system. I think he actually might have been an alarm clock, too. Mm, that too. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll make bank. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't... I will never associate this with Toy Story. Well, you don't have I don't, to. You know, it's, it's just me. I don't, I don't care if it's same characters or whatnot, but I'm, you know, I'm just going to take keep that completely aside and then probably never thought it existed to me. So I'll give it a C-. minus. Um, I think I would probably do uh, probably a C even. Like, uh, the, the thing is, the, the movie looks great. I think the yeah. thing, and honestly, I like the way Zerg looks. I think just in general, the way he looks, I think is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, the character design, I mean, it's, it's Pixar has a style right now that they're using. Um, and all their movies pretty much look the same yeah, as far so, as... Although Turning Red does look different. Yeah, like it is a little more more cartoonish. But overall, if they try to take a more serious tone, like they usually make the characters look just about, you know, overall. Um, but so, I mean, I think the movie looks good. And, and you said that first like 10, 15 minutes is really good, actually. Like probably I actually like think 30. it's solid. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably about 30. Like... That's a solid startup to the film. It's yeah. basically when he comes back and it introduces the new characters where it falls kind of flat on his face. Yeah. And, yeah, like, so, like, there is positives about this film. It's definitely not probably going to make my worst of the year mm-hmm. list because it's just an average film. Like, it's just another animated Disney film, you know. So, I think I probably, yeah, probably about an even C. I think it's, you know, it's okay. Like, it's not great, but it's also not just so bad that it's awful. Like, yeah. And just as a recommendation to put out there, if you want to see probably actually what Andy truly watched that got him into Buzz Lightyear, there's the Buzz Lightyear cartoon show. Which yeah, is, Buzz a, Lightyear great, which is a great show. It's great, yeah. And which even, is what I and hope even this would have been more like. And even, like, the, like, startup movie wasn't too bad mm-hmm. either. I mean, predictable sometimes, but at least it knew it was a, a fucking cartoon. Yeah, it's a kid show. Like, of course. Well, it's that's what I was hoping this film would be more like. It was an animated show. Yeah. It it didn't really explore the galaxy. Um. But you know, so we went from turd sandwich, Jurassic. We then moved into Lightyear, which was like. Eh, this was man. A sandwich someone farted on. <laughs> Damon, when did you get me near my sandwich? Um, but then, but then, moving on to one we are very intrigued by, especially with who was involved and who was making it, and uh, that was uh, this creepy one right here. Hey, where are you going? I'm staying over at Sandy's tonight. Snow, the fire. The papers call him the grabber. I wish one called that. You don't actually believe that story, do you? Because he can't hear you, and he doesn't really take kids that safe. Oh! <laughs> you goof. Wasn't that just peachy king? You need some help? You see that? <laughs> Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. I am a part-time magician. Are those black balloons in there? Would you like to see a magic trick? I have an announcement to make. One of our students, Finney Blake, was abducted. What if I could help the police find Finney? 
since I was a kid. I'll scream. I'll scratch your face. This face. Daddy, I had a dream about him. What happened in your dream? He was taken. By a man with black balloons? Yes. We never released those details. Black Phone, uh, directed and slightly also written by Scott Derrickson, who did Doctor Strange, the first one, then famously wanted to take the second one to a darker horror route, then just clashed with Disney, and he's like, you know what? Fine. I'll go do this other side project that I was kind of given the script of, because it's based off of a short story from... Uh, Joe, Hill. Joe Hill, who is the son of Stephen King. And as soon as I found out about that, and then I saw that trailer, and I was like, oh gosh, I am seeing that influence everywhere. Oh, yeah. um, but he also, some may forget, Scott Derrickson also made Sinister. That's what I get most yeah. vibes from. Yeah. And he also did The Exorcism of Emily Rose. So They could deliver us from evil as well. Yeah. But he, he does adult horror, to my opinion. It's made with sophistication. It's made, you know, not talking down to the audience yeah. and stuff. Um, and Emily Rose is one that I feel like gets forgotten a whole lot. Yeah, but, it's a great... I actually really like yeah. But Rose. Sinister is also one of my favorites. That just Sinister. has a god-awful sequel. But... Uh, and then you see the casting of Ethan Hawke in here as the grabber antagonist. And I was like, Ooh, that's interesting. They worked so well together the first time. Yeah, with Sinister, which I had to remember that. Yep. And yeah, I forgot. Yeah, and I told him about that. Um, so obviously they had to have had some kind of relationship after that as far as working. And uh, this was just such a callback to like those... Because it takes place in 1978, and it has that vibe of like something that you would watch on television back then and stuff. Uh, and again, because none of us <laughs> grew up during that time, there was a lot of kidnapping and abductions yeah, back then. It was, it was easier to do because in the seventies, you know, like it's not like now where like cameras fucking everywhere. So like, it can still happen, but like, there's fucking you know, for for the most part, there's cameras here, there, and everywhere. Even your fucking neighbors have cameras, yeah. you know, like. So, yeah, so it's, it's a lot harder to, you know, and there's tracking and all this stuff. The 70s, man, 70s were kind of a free-for-all. That's why there were so many serial killers on. Yeah. And uh, just as, like, a small callback to the beginning of this talk, again, there's a great movie that's brought up in this horror movie, and that was the original Texas Chainsaw, because one of the kids' care- friends tells him, you got to go watch this. Hell Yeah. Um, I I, probably, I was like a little kid in the candy store. Was like, <laughs> and uh, but also this has like a lot of guts to put a lot of focus on the kid actors and they, they none, both, none, both of them. Yeah, both Finney of them. and Gwen. Were well, even like awesome. the, the the other kids. Yeah, they, all they, they did give some the two standouts them. for sure. Were Finney and Gwen. Yeah. And the fact that Finn got so much screen time as the kid that gets abducted, mm-hmm. I was like, you're putting a 
you're putting a lot on his shoulders and yeah. you've got to have confidence in him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I now imagine Scott Derrickson works probably like some of the best with kids. Um, because, boy, he... I, I hope that this is a good trajectory if he wants to continue because he was very good in this. Uh, and he wasn't a whiny kid that didn't know what to do. He actually... He was just shy. Yeah, just shy. Got his ass kicked. He's yeah. not the biggest one. No. That's also, uh, you know, it's the 70s. Yeah, like and bullies, which is probably, like, the one thing for me. I was like, yep, here's the Stephen King thing of the bullies. But to be fair, they're not in it a whole lot and I like how they kind of dealt with them at one particular part um and Ethan Hawke I think is amazing in this especially for the fact that you don't see his face until the end he's been really awesome well you see him right there at the beginning when he does the first thing when he does the abduction yeah of Penny um but even then he's wearing like big glasses yeah like but that's probably thing and then yeah you see his face at the end and the fact that his he has different masks for like different kind of you know things that are going on in the story and things. Part of me thought it was did like different different emotions. Yeah. Yeah. That. Which I, I mean. Yeah. Well, because when he's when he wants him to try to escape, he wears mm-hmm. the frowny face mask. Yeah. Or when he's so, mad yeah. at him, he does the frowny face. And then when he's just his normal guy, he has the smiley yeah. face mask. I thought that was really cool. I, I don't know if it was going that direction, but it was really cool. That, that's probably probably on something there. Yeah. And also what helped probably making this is that uh, Scott Derrickson was growing up during this time. So he probably had a lot of experience about that he could call back to and things. Well, as someone who's pretty familiar with uh, serial killers, uh, there's definitely, I can tell, the Gacy. Yeah. Like, because even like the thing, like, hey, you want to see a magic trick? That actually is something that Gacy used a lot to lure kids. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, hey, you want to see a rope trick? I know. And that's how he'd tie him up, and then that's when he'd, you know, rape him, murder him, and all that shit. Because that was, like, a thing. So, they had, like, there's a huge thing. Like, they basically made a, a Gacy film, just, sw- you know, switched it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you had mentioned it before. The sound design, I think, is very good. In this. Oh, well, two things that I notice are very reminiscent of Halloween, and that's the music. And then the weird shots where he's just like, like where in the trailer it shows where she's like, you don't think he hears you when you say that name, right? And it just shows him in the background creeping. That's very Michael Myers where mm-hmm. you look in the original Halloween and like Michael drives by. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very stalker-like. And yeah, like they, they play a lot of shots like that. So there's a lot of Halloween influence. Yeah, I got in the, like I said before, the a lot of the movie to me was shot like Sinister. Yeah. Like it. Uh, I was, I was oh, yeah. if I watched Sinister and I watched this side by side, I'm like, okay. Oh, you definitely know that it's from the same person. Yes. Well, in the beginning, them. the beginning especially when it's just playing like talking about like the grabber and all that. Yeah. There's that music is fucking almost Halloween music. <laughs> like it's like right there. Specifically where the van was driving away or coming towards us and yeah. had just certain shot. I'm like that's Scott Davis. Uh, one thing I also really liked because I thought this could either be the cliche or there's going to be something different about this was the drunk dad character yeah i thought he was just gonna be that stereotypical you know just drunk father that beat the kids sometimes and stuff they actually develop him into a sympathetic character about yeah it actually makes sense yeah yeah um if there was like something that i was just like making me think a little bit like 
Really? Uh, was some of the bullies and kids that he apparently abducted? Like, because I did like how they never showed, like, what he did with, like, the previous ones. That, yeah. Especially one that we see who is the friend of Finney earlier. Yeah. But there was, like, like him, and then there was, like, one also from the past that was a little bit bigger. And yeah, showed like, like he, a teenager. He could beat the fuck out of people. Yeah, I was just like, how, how did he do that? Because that kid, that was, like, a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, who I could see probably kicking his ass. Oh, yeah, he's, like, your size. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was pretty tall and, like... Definitely, but I mean, you know, it, it it all comes down to maybe you know maybe he didn't just abduct them like that. Maybe he wasn't just you know. Whereas like Vinny's small, yeah, threw some balloons around him, pulled him in, done. But even then, Vinny had the rocket ship light. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he drugged yeah. him too, though. Yeah. Like so, if he got that kid while he was turning around or something, walked up, shh, done. You know that spray knocked him out, made him where he was like couldn't control himself. Yeah, he's an easy target then. Yeah, I mean, that's just, like, the one part of it where I was, like, I kind of wish that I had seen how he did it. Yeah. Just because that, when you left it ambiguous, it was just a little bit, like, how? Well, and, like, I can, you know, like I said, you know, you look at the Gacy references. Gacy, there were some kids that you saw that were, like, that kid could have beat the fuck out of John. John Gacy was a fat fuck. <laughs> they, he he could have kicked his ass. Yeah. But then you realize... He got him over there and be like, hey, you guys want some beers? He could have just as easily, yeah, it's not explained, but he could have just as easily, like, that kid be like, that kid was like the hard ass. He'd probably be like, hey, man, you want a drink? He'd be mm-hmm. like, hell yeah. And to so lure him over, do a shot, but he doesn't realize that shot has a little something extra in it. Bing, bang, boom, you know. I mean, shit like that. Like, that's, you know, and it, yeah, I don't show it, but like, Sometimes things are okay being ambiguous like that. Like, I mean, I'm I'm fine with ambiguous. It's I, just like that was just something that was just hitting me at yeah. the moment. Well, I saw a lot of people complaining about like they don't know the backstory of the grabber, and it's like, okay, you know, yeah. the, the, if you think about it, the backstory to Michael Myers is not really much. Yeah, <laughs> like they just he, he's the embodiment of evil. Yeah, so like that really kind of you know leaving it open ended like that is not necessarily a bad thing, but like. It, it does reference it without the you know throughout the film where he talks about like oh well you have uh, that didn't work since I was a kid that's like clearly a fucking big ass basement one why is there a phone down there two that's disconnected by the way yeah exactly why why is there just this random ass phone down there but clearly it's implying like maybe he was put down there as a kid mm-hmm. because there's a bathroom down there yeah. you don't just put a bathroom down there for no reason so it's like I think it was implying like. Maybe he was abused. Well, that is always kind of like a thing they go towards why they were was abused. And I know that it happens a lot. Yeah. But, uh, did you have anything new? Um, not much to add to it other than I liked the fact, I forget what scene it was, but they let us know that he soundproofed the crap out of that basement. Yeah. For screaming was of, was of little use because they, you know, they kind of panned out and he was trying could, to scream for help. And he you couldn't could barely hear, hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that. And I don't, there was just a lot in this movie that I loved. Yeah. This is a, uh, Oh, and then his sister. Yeah. His, his sister. a badass <sighs> and cussing throughout. Fuck you, if, God. He, <laughs> she's like, oh, you fucking fart knocker. And I'm like, oh my God. That's a be as much. She was so funny. Yeah. She's great. Uh, real quick. What did you think of the cops? 
I think the cops were actually, um, because I've heard criticisms about, like, yep, cops don't do nothing. (laughs) I mean, overall, like, they weren't completely stupid, but if you look back, like, you know, as much as I've listened to about multiple serial killer cases, cops are fucking stupid. (laughs) Like, there's a reason why it's so hard to, like, catch those guys, because half of them would, you know, they were dumb. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, at least these cops were not completely incompetent. Like, they were actually investigating shit. They just obviously couldn't, you know, because it was hard to catch people back then. But, like, they weren't completely idiotic. Well, it goes from detectives. It always seemed like they were going the wrong route about things. Yeah. You know? Uh, Yeah, this is easily right now probably my favorite horror movie of the year so far. Yeah. Uh, I love the desi- the design. I love the cinematography. I love Scott Derrickson's direction. Ethan Hawke was amazing in this. Uh, the only thing is, and I wanted to just briefly mention this because we got we all saw the thing that was tagged in us on Facebook, and it was like that. There's talks now about a second one. If there is a second one, the only thing that I would want is prequel, which I'm assuming that'd probably be what they would do. Because because I don't know what else you could do. Yeah, considering the, you know... And again, but this always goes back to me with, can we not let one good movie happen? Yeah. Because you, you usually, for the most part, like how we've talked about sequels before, you just ruin it. What, what's that he says, though, that that kid says to him in the beginning of the film and then it references back later about the arm? Uh... I mean, he says something about like he has killer arm. Oh, uh, because it was pitching. Yeah. Uh, mint. Yeah. Yeah, my boyfriend's here's arm was mint. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I mean, that, that was, I, I really liked that. Like, that was a cool, you know, little kind of throwback reference. Yeah. And like that, especially what happens after that, I was like, hell yeah, like, that's like, cool. Because again, if you just leave it here. I could see myself at some point if I was doing like a horror collage thing, I would get a black foam tattoo. Yeah, if well, that's how good it is. I personally like the, the what it reminded me of, and it, I mean it makes sense. Like considering Joe Hill, it literally just reminded me of Halloween mixed with Stephen, Stephen King. King. Yeah. I mean that's exactly it was like pinpoint on the. It looked like if instead of John Carpenter doing Halloween, Stephen King jumped in and you know threw his hands in it. If you want to add anything to the potential sequel, um, yeah, I think anything other than a prequel would be a big mistake. I don't think they should do that. I think they should leave it alone. Yeah, a sequel. It just I don't. You can't, there's just nothing you can do. <laughs> no. Unless you want to explore these characters. No. Um, yeah, uh, I am personally going to give the black film one an A. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sitting right there with you. An A. Um, there's a couple little things that I would probably maybe change, but other than that, like, this is the horror that I come for. When I, when I want to go see a horror movie, unless it's so bad that it's good, yeah. like, this is the type of horror that I like, that it's, you know, it's interesting, like, I'm compelled to sit there for the characters, like, even the villain, like, you know, that's the one thing I like in horror. I like having the villain be really good, and I'm like, oh, like, excited for him to be on screen, and... That was actually probably my biggest complaint. Why does the thing is Ethan Hawke? There's certain sections where he's just gone for like 20 minutes. So. Bill's a mystique. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like you know, I definitely would have liked. There's to also see a very good twist involving his character that he's a part of. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, it's awesome movie. It's right up there with me with X as being the best horror movie of the yeah. year. I think it's right now. It's A and B for me. I think. I'll have to figure it out towards the end of the year, but I, uh, I think I put this above X. I would too. See, I don't know. I, I think it's competition for me because I love the X so much, but um, I give it probably an A minus. Okay. Uh, so now moving on to something else that I know that I've seen. I know that you have not, Damon. I don't know if you have, Nick. What but, is uh, it? It is definitely something that kept popping up for me especially that I was like oh gosh no but I know I have to see this oh I'm about to see this in about an hour and a half oh no Isn't it called Elvis? It, it's called Elvis, but I have to throw on Baz Luhrmann's, who directed it, because it's just like, it's fr- it's his vision of Elvis Presley. So, right now, I'm the only one that has seen this, so... Yeah, I will be seeing it in about an hour and a half. Um, uh, so, going into this, I, I already have a certain feeling about biopics, especially musical biopics. So far, uh... This one right here has been my favorite of the past few years. I heard you been spending a lot of time at your auntie house. How's the couch life? Got my woman and my baby living there. It's hard, man. But you know, everybody can't do what you do. Really, what I do is get played out, Dre. Where the money at? Why you gotta be so ruthless, cuz? I'll make a few changes. Where do you think you're going? I'm just trying to get home. That's my thing. Get back in the house or I will ruin your life. Uh, straight out of Compton, that's... Not only, to me, one of the best biopics about a musical group in the past 10 years, it's probably my top five of musical biopics. Yeah, well, it really helped that they got everybody on the on board yeah. to help with it. You know, that's what a lot of these things fell at, is yeah. not bringing people, which you couldn't no. obviously bring Elvis on board, but... Now, though, then there was, though, something else that came out that while 
technically not a biopic, but easily one of my favorite things involving a musician's life was uh, this one right here. What did you say your name was again? Elson. The thing about playing someone who is so beloved, all we can do is give our heartfelt interpretation of his life and his music. Taron is an extra incredible branch. Bernie Tompkin? Yeah. I like your lyrics. Yeah, and I can hear the whole tune in my head. It was all there. I could see all the notes. Blue Jean, baby. That, that being Rocket Man, it's not a biopic it's like a fantasy telling of his life and yeah I, and i thought that was and well they they brought on elton john to help with that yeah now musicians though being involved in the process are not always the best thing yeah because at least in my opinion one of the most talked about liked ones was bohemian rhapsody and i was the one that was not on board with that, that. was one of my favorites i like that better um, than rocket man and Going so going into this, and also uh, I've not been the biggest Baz Luhrmann fan. I like he, he has a very unique style. And just to give you a thought, he did the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I looked it up, and um, he also did uh, Great Gatsby, also with Leonardo DiCaprio again. And he had oh, and Moulin Rouge. He also did that. So like. I've technically not really been a fan of his movies, but he had a unique style. It was just like the story and characters were never that great. I mean, I enjoyed Great Gatsby, but Romeo and Juliet was... The only thing that fucking made me laugh was because it was set in modern times. Yeah. And fucking um, John Leguizamo. And just like the whole bite my... You know, you look at it as an insult. That was an insult back then, the whole bite my tongue. Yeah. And then, like, the fact that they were talking, like, old speak, but then he did the bit of tongue, it's just like, this is modern times. Like, it just, it looks so stupid now. Yeah. Um, so, I did not have the biggest expectations going into Elvis. Uh, one, because, and I tried to leave this at the door, not the biggest per fan of Elvis. Uh, I have come around to appreciating some of the music and I appreciate him actually a little bit more as a singer. It's just that the history involved with him is so controversial and like the way that people, especially black people, feel about him sometimes. Which part of the controversial? The sound of the music, the pedophilia? Yeah. Um, the way he moved. Should I go on? The way he moved got a lot of people. Yeah, which, you know, when you look at it nowadays, I'm like, that's fucking tame. But yeah. I I mean, I get it back then. I he guess. moved his hips. Yeah. How dare you? But I was just like, at least they were focusing on what actually people were focusing on when he shook his hips. Something in between there. Uh, and I'll say this. This is probably my favorite Baz Luhrmann movie. Okay. Uh, however, did not need to be almost three hours. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, because to me, structure-wise, this felt like it was just a you know usual biopic, and things that again did not get talked about. Instead, we're just going to do this over again. Uh, to me, they also just completely romance him and his Priscilla's relationship. I'm like, yeah, we're not going to talk about the fact that she's 14, shit like that. 
because, you know, there's a big G word now called grooming. Yeah. Nope, we're not going to talk about well, that Well, it's like, you know, they, they do romanticize that, like, you know, granted, even if they did love each other, okay? That's it's even besides the point, because I do feel like Priscilla loves Elvis. Like, that was her love. But at the same time, he was a famous rock star yeah. that met her when she was a kid she's probably going to have a crush on him because that's what you know it's like the beatles like yeah it's the same shit if one of the beatles started dating one of their fans it'd probably be a little weird especially if they were that young or even if they didn't date till they were still of age it's the fact that like yeah he did meet her when she was a very young yeah. child and her parents probably were like that elvis is sure one cute boy even though you know i know he's a multi-millionaire <laughs> You know, well, her dad was a colonel, and apparently he was like very against it. So, um, well, I but, didn't know that, but but also it's like the thing that got me the most like weird and slightly uncomfortable is like they clearly were also referencing that he was either borrowing or you know straight out ripping off black artists that weren't getting recognized and or didn't yeah. even know about. And that, I mean, it's fine if you're going to represent that and then bring it back to be like, this is who I got it from. And, you know, let's give this person the credit. Yeah. Nope, that never happened. So there's a moment where he's singing a song that he heard a black man on guitar singing like in this barn that he has been playing and getting it recorded and there's no reference. And it's like cutting back and forth between them. And I'm just like... I, I feel awkward about this because, number one, his version, I think, is way better. Um, but and uh, but the biggest reason that I would... The biggest positive I can give this is... This is the biggest positive I was hearing about the movie. And that was Austin Butler as Elvis. Yeah. I actually think he's very good. In it. So I can look forward to him in Dune 2? Yeah. I mean, you know, he puts on a good performance with this director. He's working with a great director there. So um, better performance. Uh, on the opposite side, Tom Hanks. Who I He's thought a would, fucking character. Who I thought would be the steal of the yeah, movie. Because it's Tom Hanks. Um, well, because number one, they put unnecessary prosthetics on him because if you look at him and the actual colonel that he's representing, he doesn't look like that. <laughs> number two, <laughs> what the fuck is this accent he's going with? Because it sounds like a <laughs> former Nazi trying to be the saying he's from the South, which he's actually technically, I believe, it was uh, he's Dutch. <laughs> I don't get the Dutch, Dutch out of that. The Dutch. Well, and that was something like the actual colonel like was able to keep a secret for like years, and I and apparently this is the film that Tom Hanks was working on when he got COVID. So a number of times that when he looks sweaty and stuff, it's just like, I might have COVID there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so that makes it weird and feeling. But uh, he, I could easily see um, Austin being like up for an Academy Award for Best Actor and Tom Hanks in the same category being up for a Razzie. That is how bad it gets. Hmm. Now, some people have defended this and saying this is the intention Unless I hear that from Baz himself, uh, I'm saying this is just bad. Um, especially it coming from Tom Hanks, who is one of the most credible actors ever. Um, but 
And then, like, halfway through, it kind of becomes less about Elvis and more about his character, how he was ripping him off and making him, like, go on stage and shit. And it really kind of focuses in on how he never actually got to explore the world. He got stuck in Vegas, which is arguably is also artistically my favorite part of the movie because it's not bombastic and loud. Like, the first half... You could compare that to Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. That is how over-the-top lights, uh, just pageantry. That was the word I was looking for. Um, But even in that, there's, like, very weird choices about, like, Tom Hanks, who's also the narrator of this. And it cuts back to him, like, older and, like, being sick and saying, like, Oh, yeah, you think that I'm the reason that Elvis Presley died. But no, it's really somebody, th- something else or someone else. Yeah, what? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it did not have to be this long. I think it did, like, the Disney thing where it's like, we're going to take out what actually probably should be focused on. <laughs> Through yeah. everything. But did not talk about it at all. Just say, hey, hey, that happened. Now let's move. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Like you know, you're like you're a toddler. Like, oh, keys. I'm like, jingly keys. And of course, though, when I saw this, I saw this at noon showing, and there was almost nothing but older people. Yeah, there. A lot of gray bush. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, I even could hear one older lady in there going. Is this still happening? Is this still going on? I'm like, did you not know how long this was? Man, uh, back in the day, I would have fucked over some any day of the week. And he still gets my panties moist. Because <laughs> it's an old lady. She wouldn't say that. She's a deaf guy from Family Guy. Yeah. You can't catch me. Um, so, uh, I at least will admit it's probably not going to make my worst of the year. But I I still didn't really enjoy numerous parts of it, and I just was like, did I have to sit here this long? I have a question. What? Does it show his last concert, which was an indie? Um, I think they show like his last ever like recorded concert, which I don't know if that was an indie. Was Market Square Arena was his last like live performance. And, I mean, that's also just one of the parts where I was like, well, they at least made me appreciate him as a singer. Yeah, you thought seeing concerts now were expensive. I bet that was fucking yeah. super expensive. My mom was at that show. No oh, shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but in essence, this did not really change how I feel about Elvis Presley as far as, like, a musical artist, as a person. Uh didn't really change anything about that. The only thing that changed was, like, I appreciate some of his songs now and as a singer. And, and again, this just didn't need to be this long. Uh, I'm curious to hear how you're going to feel about it. I hear it's very standard. My my initial guess, you're going to be a little bit like me. Maybe possibly like it a little bit more. But we'll see. Uh, I would personally give this a C minus. I appreciate some things, but then there's just too much that I'm just like, nope, and I don't think I'm going to watch this again. But Austin, you can be up for awards all you want. You deserved it.
and he's got a great future, at least yeah. projectly. Um, so that's all the ones that I had set. I don't uh, have anything else. I had seen one other one, and I'm not going to go really anything into it other than I I still went and saw Bob's Burgers movie, mm-hmm. and it was uh, very good. Um, it was like a musical comedy uh, mystery and an adventure movie. And it was a cool underdog story about Bob and his family, and uh, it basically had all the heart and humor and uh, cleverness of the show, and it was a great starting point for people that hadn't ever seen the show. So going into that, it's very, very good, uh, very touching, and I thought it was cool that you know Bob and his wife were struggling with the business and the kids had to be the ones to bring it back up. So that being said, it's right up there for me with uh, bad guys for anime movie of the year and I'm going to give it a B plus now what I have heard from some people that were now or that do like the movie and also like the show is that it feels like it's three episodes put together yeah I mean kind of because it has you know different different points like um, I guess they go to different settings you know, I could see why they, they could see that, but yeah, I just I, I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun, and I laughed a lot. So, yeah, get that out of it. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, if we got nothing else, that was our catch up, guys. Uh, whew, we had a number of ones to talk about, and uh, we, that was a long episode. Yeah. We <laughs> uh, hopefully we won't have a stretch like this again. That many because I and I know that we have one coming up where I was like, nope, we're talking about it the next day because we did it with Doctor Strange and that's, that's Thor. Yeah, get that bucket. Oh, can't fuck the bucket. <laughs> okay, guys, he's talking about a popcorn bucket. If that's all you heard, you, I'm gonna call you bucket fucker. <laughs> bucket head. Now you just need a guitar. Head. Uh, um, that could be you in a freaking horror movie. You just be like. <laughs> a tin bucket. He's coming around the corner. Oh yeah, just smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Want some popcorn? God damn it. That uh, was extreme. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we saw some that we absolutely really loved in our in our, some of our favorites of the year. Saw some just standard mediocre run of the mill ones, and we saw some piles of shit. <laughs> kind of the traits uh but we are running into the summer season now which is the big blockbusters so we'll see what happens uh, there's a lot of really excited for the end of this month yeah. yep yep that'd be nope mm-hmm. so uh until next time guys thank you once again for sharing your thoughts and your feelings on this stuff and uh we will be back with a different topic next time see ya bye